Hello and welcome to Queer Media Pills, the podcast bringing queer media to your ears one small pill at a time. My name is Mars, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm your host. Before we go ahead with today's episode, I do want to apologize for the background noise. I am currently bedridden and recording this from my bedroom, from which you can hear the noise of the street. Because I live in London next to a big traffic street, so I have no moment of peace. It's just sirens. I don't know what... Today I want to talk about the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a sitcom and one of my favorite TV shows ever probably. It's uh, started in 2005 and currently still running to its 15th season, making it the longest uh, live action comedy series uh, ever in American television history, which is pretty amazing. And how do they do it? Well, the topic central to this show is the concept of memory which is something that a lot of sitcoms are familiar with Um, if you watch a lot of classic sitcoms they don't have memory this means that they forget quote-unquote the plot from one episode to the other going on in like a sort of systematic format where you can watch any individual episode on its own and it's gonna work essentially it's gonna be funny you don't need to be involved in the characters and their character development there is no character development so this is the concept of um lack of memory in a show and modern television has gone further and further away from this idea with character development now being one of the main focuses of most TV shows, even sitcoms. So you have shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Good Place, uh, sitcoms that aren't just sitcoms, that have like an overarching plot and characters we care about and love. And uh, It's Always Sunny is a mixture of the two in that it does have memory, but the characters themselves don't. And this is very linked to how I think this is queer media, or rather how queerness is dealt with, I think, quite nicely in this show, even though it's terrible. Um, The main concept of the show is that it follows the gang, uh, a group of narcissistic friends who run a bar in Philadelphia. These people are awful. There is the whole premise of the show that these are the worst people ever. They get in increasingly worse predicaments in which they are just being their worst self. Absolutely talking about morals, I'm absolutely talking about uh, um, complete lack of character development by choice and this is where it gets interesting because essentially the characters do not evolve they keep getting in worse and worse situations in which you'd think that because of how drastic the consequences of their actions have been to the characters around them they should have learned something right but they don't so there's this example of this one storyline where a former priest runs into them like they know each other from like school and uh, because of uh, the gang's actions this priest becomes becomes homeless and develops uh, multiple drug addictions and a bunch of other things so 
when we see this character again after the episode he's introduced in he's homeless he's uh, a drug addict he has fallen into misery because of the gang's action so in that there is memory in the show the actions of the gangs have real consequences onto the people around them however the gang does not have memory and that means not that they suffer from amnesia but they nothing has consequences for them no lesson is ever learned and when i say this comes into the way the show deals with its queerness is because there is mostly uh, this one transgender character a trans woman who is introduced in early seasons in quite a gross and transphobic way um one of the characters refers to her with the teasler and of course i don't need to explain why this is awful and the creators of the show have since apologized for having this character openly say that word simply because they have realized that like their depiction of the trans character wasn't fully sympathetic but the intention of the creators was always to show her as in the right and them by using slurs and being transphobic as these awful wrong people and she then gets probably the most positive character of development she lives her own life she doesn't really have a problem with her being trans like her transness is never caused from internal conflict from her it's just the gang being transphobic and one of the characters working through internalized homophobia through her but something i find very interesting is how the creators of the show have said that they regret the way they represented her but they don't regret the way the gang acted around her meaning that yes they wouldn't use the slur anymore but they wouldn't make the characters any less transphobic like the characters still are transphobic because that's the whole point because this is our very awful um individuals and uh, they do not learn they never question their privilege and their power and uh, they never ask themselves they do not care about the consequences of their own actions like literally ever and this is part of again the point because uh, i think it's always something philadelphia is really this ode to filth in a way very much the same filth we're talking about when we look at john waters where the delight of uh, the viewer's experience isn't in relating and empathizing and i think in that and in the clear politics of this show the figure of danny devito is also central because a show like that can very easily sway a bit too centrist for my taste you know like it's dark humor so it could be like "Ah, we're making fun of everyone who cares Uh, um, don't be so sensitive but because Danny DeVito is involved and I I love Danny DeVito and from what I've seen of his uh, political involvement throughout the years he's been consistently a leftist and he does have influence as a producer onto this show and I think this is very very evident 
like it's very evident the the show is taking a political stance against what these characters are doing and not just having a laugh at everyone everything is a game because it's irony bra like this is really not what the show is doing or rather it isn't in the latest seasons i do think first seasons are a bit hard to get through but it's also because they came out in 2005 so some jokes don't land some elements are still quite offensive even if they're meant to be like even if the characters are meant to be characters you don't sympathize with some jokes still really don't stick the landing especially in the first seasons but i think that's because first of all this show was still trying looking for its voice on one hand and on the other like i hate to pull it was a different time card but especially when it comes to trans issues it absolutely was a different time and the transphobic jokes are made are almost mild compared to jokes done in complete earnest by way more um broadly popular and like considered uh, innocuous in a way tv shows at the same time like at least uh, the same exact jokes are done here with some awareness of the fact that they're bad if that makes sense and i think this uh, ode to filth is in a way the most queer element of the show and by queer i mean a complete rejection of uh, social norms and structures because the show chooses a certain aesthetic of like ugly uh, it doesn't necessarily need especially in the later seasons when there is a bigger budget the budget isn't used to make the show look nice look polished no the cinematography is always done in this like pseudo documentary but not quite like it's not a mockumentary the same way the office or parks and recs are it's just like dirty handheld cameras a lot and uh, it's not shy of zoom-ins when uh, a lot of contemporary television avoids that but also it fully creates disgusting images and i think one of the best examples of that is uh, a gif that's gone very popular and i think uh, during this pandemic it's been quite uh, um appropriate of danny devito completely naked having shaven all of his body and bathing in uh, um hand sanitizer gel just writhing and going i just want to be pure and it's such a disgusting revolting image that no person would want in their nice sanitized television but it works it's hilarious to be fair all of danny devito's brand really very much is this brand of like this disgusting little gremlin man doing disgusting little things while in real life being this amazing human being and i'm getting a little bit parasocial but i do love danny devito oh my god i have a pillow actually of danny devito's face and like i think i got it from amazon and then i realized it's probably some stolen art because i got it from amazon but you know it was here what was i gonna do um 
but yeah kids don't shop at amazon if you're buying something like a piece of art especially track down the artist because i really did the wrong thing there but i love my pillow if i ever figure out who the actual artist is i am gonna go give them money both as an apology and because they deserve it but yeah i love danny devito and what he embodies in cinema because I don't like quality like no that's not true um of course I'm gonna enjoy a quality movie but am I gonna enjoy it more am I gonna enjoy the quality film more than a lower budget film that looks less high quality or is less polished but really is doing something way more interesting with theme and topic and maybe the script I don't think so and I think our expectation of things to look a certain way to you know have an aesthetic quality of uh, high craftsmanship is really a very high standard that's being given to us by big budget Hollywood productions that don't really uh, reflect what very interesting but lower budget cinema can and will do and I think it's so much more interesting to look there so much more interesting to look at film that doesn't use those traditional canons of aesthetic because that's where genuinely revolutionary content is and I'm not saying it's always sunny it's genuinely revolutionary if anything it's uh, actively normalizing counterculture aesthetic uh, but it is definitely doing something new and interesting and the fact that it's still doing something that I would call new in 2021 I had to stop and check because I was about to say 19 but in 2021 when the show started in 2005 and like that in to some degree even though it's the longest running show well sitcom ever and it I would still call it somewhat counterculture it's very interesting like because it seems like it's hitting a spot there. It's been renewed until season 18, I think. So it's definitely doing something right. And yes, sometimes they do push boundaries that they should not push. Um, but I think when it comes to the black humor, it is very much a matter of trying to navigate what you can and cannot say. And I think, especially in latest seasons, the creators have sort of figured out where the line is between being uh, um, provocative and being offensive because there's definitely a line but overall I would absolutely recommend it I do think it's a great example of a show learning and growing through the years and adapting to a changing landscape of like what is funny and what is humor and it's doing so many it's doing so many things that are so interesting and honestly if you watch it you're gonna and honestly you can skip and honestly if and honestly if an episode doesn't sit right with you you can skip it and it's gonna be fine because as i said this show has no memory and i have personally had to skip a few episodes because they were just getting a bit too much for me to personal maybe especially the early transphobic episodes i was just like "Mm -mm." and then i went back to watch them when i got the irony fully and they were okay but some things are just gonna be a bit too much and that's okay check the information about the episode before you go into watching it take care of yourself first if it doesn't seem like the kind of thing you'd enjoy just 
it's okay. Taking care of yourself and your needs is the most important thing. Uh, but I would love to know if you know this show, if you like it, if you love it, if you hate it. Because I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people who hate it for very good reasons. So I would also love to hear those. So let me know what you think of it in the comments on my social media at Queer Media Pills on Instagram and Twitter and Tumblr. I have made a Tumblr or on my website queermediapills.com under this episode's post and while you're at it why don't you check out my artist of the month Darin Rue they're a filmmaker and I have an exclusive interview with them on my website so do check that out they're a non-binary filmmaker who has made a very fun short film about a transgender teenage girl And for Mars, this is all for now. I'll catch you next week, same time, same place. So Friday, 4 p.m., wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Acast, and Apple Podcasts at the moment, and I'm looking into expanding that. So until then, goodbye.